It's a funny place to be, stuck in a seemingly mundane world with an inner knowing that the universe is so much more than our mortal minds can comprehend. Yet we all have the capacity to know peace and our oneness with the wholeness of life. And through these interviews, discussions, and reflections, it is my intention to share this possibility. I'm Ryan Kurzak, and this is the Kriya Yoga Podcast. Hey, welcome everyone to the Kriya Yoga Podcast. I'm here today with a student of the Kriya Yoga tradition and um, a wonderful yoga teacher who's participated in the Kriya Yoga Apprenticeship course, Danelle Mason from New Zealand. And we're going to be talking about today, I suppose, what it's like to be a student in the Kriya Yoga tradition. So thanks for being here today, Danelle. It's wonderful to see you. Nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Ryan. Yeah. And just to remind me, was it 2018 or 2019 when you came over to uh, attend um, a retreat I think at CSD? It might have been 2019 because I started in 2017. And then I think yeah. the first year of the apprenticeship was 18 was the first yes. year you ran it. So mm-hmm. it would have been the end of the second year, 1990. Yeah. So Danelle's been participating uh, in this, this Kriya Yoga process for a number of years now. And before you got involved in, in Kriya Yoga specifically, uh, you were a yoga teacher and you were involved in meditation, those types of things before? Yes, yeah. I'd, um, I'd finished my um, RYT 500 training and I'd been teaching for a few years um, and was just, you know, sort of had got to that stage where I really needed sort of some help. I was I actually asked for a teacher. I was like, <laughs> yeah, prayed for one. I was like, I've got as far as I can on my own. I need some more knowledge. I don't know where to get it. There's no one in my area. Um, I, I, you know, I hadn't found um, that, that path that I was looking for. And um, yeah, and I remember coming to that time and thinking, you know, please, I really need, I really need a guru. I need a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, funny how that works. You sort of jump online and I'd book my trip to India and um, I was going to go to a Kriya Yoga thing over there. I thought I'd better find out what this is all about, <laughs> um, which is how I, I came across your videos and, um, and then got into one of those online retreats and uh-huh. um rest is history so they say (laughs) and so uh did you actually end up going to india yeah i did yeah i went there for a month but i didn't go on the kriya yoga one that they had i went on um, went up to rishikesh and stayed in an ashram and did some other stuff but because i was already by that stage a student um i didn't feel like i needed to cross paths in any way and was just sticking to you know to to what i'd been told to do so i didn't um yeah go on that one okay (laughs) And um, when you when you kind of compare, I guess, maybe your meditation practice, your practice in general um, Mm. before and then when you actually started to be involved in um, the Kriya Yoga path and also participate in the Kriya Yoga apprenticeship program, what kind of differences did you did you notice or, or was there one? Yeah, I think I was just sort of flapping around a little bit before, um, you know, trying different, there wasn't really any structure. So it was what I'd learned. It was a few, a few of the meditation techniques, but there wasn't, wasn't anything specific. I wanted sort of something specific to follow. And these were just, they were nice meditations, but they weren't, they weren't the depth that I was looking for. Yeah. Right. And had you studied um, the Bhagavad Gita or the Yoga Sutras before that or before the, um, you, you started the apprenticeship program? 
Not in any depth. No, no. Mm. Yeah. I'd, I'd picked up the Bhagavad Gita and then sort of put it aside because it was, you know, yeah, um, didn't quite get the story. So not until we got into that first year that I realized that it was that allegory that it made a whole lot more sense. Um, yeah. And, you know, there are a few of the sutras that would come through on our courses, but not not in depth, which was, um, yeah, great. Yeah. Well, since, since you had an awareness of it, but you hadn't really kind of gotten into it, um, what yes. was your experience when you began to study, because we start with the Bhagavad Gita and then we go into the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. So what was your experience as a student kind of being introduced to this in a more in-depth way? How did that you know, affect your practice? Um, how did it affect my practice? Yeah. I, or or I mean, just what was your experience learning about the Bhagavad Gita or the Yoga Sutras? Um. It kind of, it just made sense to me, like Roy's book and the way that we were going through it, like step by step, like the structure of it, the monthly lessons, like, you know, not trying to read the whole thing and absorb it. It was just like, just take a little bit, just take, you know, a chapter, half a chapter, a few verses and, you know, explore that. And 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 then the little exercises that you would give, you know, to understand that more. Um, yeah, it was just, I just stepped back from needing to absorb all the knowledge to be like, okay, just take it slowly. Just, you know, yeah, move right. through this. It's not a, it's not a race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not a race. That's for sure. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the problem. A lot of people have, they, they, they find out about Kriya Yoga or some meditation path and they expect that it's going to, mm. it's going to do everything, you know, in a month. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, but speaking to that, when you, what was your meditation program like or or what was your meditation routine like when you when you first got started when i first got started with you yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um i I was probably up to i I had a i had a record there but it was just what you told us to do it was like you know every day every morning it was probably 20 minutes or so to start off with it was the you know the shushumna breathing and the nadi shodana um and and just sort of sticking to that and then letting that grow i'd done the videos you know with um the online videos so i had an awareness of what that was but um yeah it was just just moving slowly step by step you know through it and just like you say trust the process that it'll unfold as it needs to so not you know going too fast (laughs) right right and you know, since you've been, you know, in this whole, you've been in the practice for about five years now. So, or something like that. It seems about five years, five, six years. Um, I'm curious uh, how, you know, how has your meditation changed or has it from when you first got started to, to now? To now. Um, so I went to, I was doing once a day, sort of a half an hour, I got towards that sort of stage. And then I was like, okay, 45 minutes. Yes, I can do that sort of once a day. Um, and I think I was, I did start to think that I needed to be doing longer. Mm-hmm. And rather than that, I would, I got to the stage where I split it up. So I'd do the two sessions, um, which was, you know, which was quite, quite good. Yeah, it, um when I came to America, I remember um, like I'd been on the path for a couple of years and I remember asking you about the um, the higher um, careers and what, you know, what they were about. And we, you know, we had that meeting and, and we had discussion. I, I, they're not really part of my practice. Like I learned them and they're there now and they're sort of useful, but I really hardly ever use them. So my practice from that start till now probably hasn't changed a great deal. I'm still just doing, you know, Nadi Shodana and Kriya Paniyama and um, got back into Jyoti Mudra because I'd, I'd, I'd pushed that aside a little bit. So I realized that that's important. So I pulled that back in. But it's it's pretty basic. Yeah. Like I 
explored yeah. the depths and then came back to yeah to the basics. <laughs> you know, a lot of people they get a lot out of those those initial techniques that mm. when you do those initial techniques well, there really isn't always a, a reason to kind of need to do the, the, the higher techniques. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so as you've, as you've, as you've gone through this for you know, a few years, you've been doing the same thing. Like, have you noticed, have you noticed changes on the inside and, and what, if you have, what kind of changes have you noticed by kind of sticking to this routine and sticking to this, the simple approach to the process? Yeah, I, I think um, it's not like a, a change that you notice, but years down the track, it probably is quite noticeable. So I mean, you, you mean you don't like, notice it in the moment, you notice it like as... No, yeah, yeah that's right. But in, when I think about sort of where I, you know, I've always been a pretty sort of stable and sort of settled person, but just much more so now, um, you know, non-reactive and um, yeah, so... Yeah, life-changing. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> massive changes when you think about it, but they don't feel like they're, um, they have been because they've just crept into my life and now they are part of my life and it's just who I am. Um, it's reaffirmed all the stuff I probably did know but um, wasn't sticking to. Um, and right. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's the structure, the routine has, has, been, has been wonderful. Mm. Well, and you, you also have, I mean, your own personal history weren't you some kind of like ultra marathon runner or something like that <laughs> yeah did a, uh, did a crazy iron man it was about nine years ago and did some marathons yeah. and that sort of thing because I, I did do a degree in sport and recreation so I, ha- I think i had a lot of discipline um already because yeah. you had to you, know, you had to get up and do the training um i, I was quite, i'm quite a strong person i raised my three children you know on my own so i you know, knew what i needed to do and i could stick to that structure and i found that you know that you just get on and do it so you know when you when i was told what to do um it, it's you know it's just like well there's the expert they've told you what to do you know you do it and that's yeah. probably that just came yeah. from the sporting background yeah <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. If if only more Kriyogis were 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 uh, semi professional athletes, right? Then they would just <laughs> yeah. they would they would just know what to do and they would do it. Um, yeah. Wanting so, to get stuck in. Mm. Yeah. So I, I I mean I felt that way before that mm. a lot of times having been a little interested in sports and those kinds of things, I noticed that when people were going to like train to go to the gym or train to improve their act their sport their activity, mm. they would do it. And mm. they would just need to know how to do it, and then they would go do it. So yeah. I just find that, that 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 helps out a good bit. Um, and then you mentioned, you know, you raised you know your three kids by yourself as well. Um, and I think it's important to to keep in mind that you, know, you you were able to you were able to to find the Kriya Yoga path to practice well and so on. Um, you know, even though you were living a normal life, right? I mean, it wasn't like you just like gave up everything and then and that was it, right? Yeah, well, it was um, it was sort of towards the end of it because I had my children quite young. So when I came to the clear, which was, you know, sort of six years ago, um, they had almost gone. So I did sort of, if you think about the Indian way of life, when your uh-huh. kids have gone from home, that's when you enter into the moksha sort of stage of it. And, and I, I really had... It was the first time that I'd had some space open up in my life where it's like, okay, well, the kids are, are gone. You know, all the, we went university or, you know, my oldest one had, had, had gone during high school. Um, so it, it 
the space had opened up that I could do that. When the kids were little, I think, I don't know, I, I found the time to run marathons and train hard, so I'm sure right. I could have found the time to do it had it come in, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, quick question about that. You know, I have a friend, um, she has three kids and um, as well, maybe four now, I don't know, but she's also a, a single mother. And uh, what I noticed about her when I would go visit her was when we were having a conversation, um, the kids would be loud and running around and like talking to her and trying to get her attention and everything. And myself, who doesn't have children, it was chaotic. I was, I was like, how can you focus on anything? And, and she was right there with me as though, as though all this chaos wasn't even actually happening. <laughs> That's right. So I yeah. guess my question is, do you feel that that experience that you had, you know, raising three children on your own, that kind of thing, did that give you the ability to be more focused internally because you learned how to kind of deal with, I don't know, the, the chaos around you or the chaos of your mind? I mean, I'm just making things up yeah, here. Absolutely, it did. Absolutely, it, it brought, a, brought a whole lot of strength because, you know, one of my kids was quite sick often, you know, was in and out of hospital a lot and you're just sort of dealing with what came up and you sort of, you know, you still had to get up and go to work and do your training and, you know, provide and, you know, you're on a budget because you're on benefit and so there was a, you know, and, you know, you just do what needs to be done. Um, right. So I think that attitude probably, you know, gave me um, yeah, <laughs> some yeah. stickability. <laughs> yeah, right. And yeah. exactly. And um, kind of following up on that, how did you, uh, so a, a lot of people I know that they come to the spiritual path because they want to kind of transcend uh, the difficulties of the world. And I get that. That makes a little bit of sense. Um, but what a lot of people do is they come to the path and they begin practicing meditation or they begin changing their life for the better and so on. Mm. But then life happens and, you know, sometimes things still go wrong and sometimes mm -hmm. things still go very wrong. Uh, and then they give up, they quit because they don't, they're not getting what they assumed that they were supposed to get out of it. So I guess from your perspective, um, how, how do you see it in the sense of continuing to practice, continue to study while relating to just life, I suppose. How do you see it that you, that you continue, that you maintain that forward direction, no matter what's going on around you? That's what I'm, my question is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because it does. Like, just because I came to clear didn't mean anything was different. I mean, like, chaos of life just kept still, you know, <laughs> rolling around me in all directions. And just last week, we had a massive cyclone in New Zealand, and we're still recovering from that. And right. I think what, what, the, what the path taught me was just to have that um, – objective distance if you like that i um, can be like oh that's interesting it was an interesting few days without power and water and you know and that kind of thing couldn't get to work so when those what may be you know derailing things um you know for many it's just like oh okay well what what's this got to teach me what can i learn from here can i stay calm and stable through all of this and i and i find that i can and they, and they, and it's it's big shit sometimes yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and relationships and all those testing things, but having having that path is is what keeps me grounded and stable and able to have that little bit of distance, so I can sort of try and see it from a perspective of you know what it, what it really is, this drama, this play that's you know doesn't need to derail me. It's just some karma I've got to work out. <laughs> right, right. So, so what you're saying is that that you have not experienced 
that Kriya Yoga has prevented cyclones from appearing in your <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, well, one thing that you know that you completed the the Kriyoga apprenticeship program of quite a few years ago, uh, relatively speaking to when it started, um, and then after the the program was over, you know we kind of continued talking uh, through Zoom since you know you are in New Zealand, so it makes it a little bit different to meet up other ways, and um, and I had asked you to write a commentary on the yoga sutras of patanjali okay so i i quite enjoyed your your, your commentary and i'm i'm curious though did when you when you did that when you studied it in that way study it so that you you had to actually understand you know what the words the sanskrit was was indicating those kinds of things did that change what you were getting out of it? How, how, how did that kind of um, in-depth study and, and having to write things down and comment on your own on it, how did that impact you? Yeah, you know, I think you asked me to write maybe the commentary on the first chapter or something, first of all, and, and yeah. it ended up that I did get so much out of it that I, I you know, carried on and did all four <laughs> chapters. Well, I, I, I was going to ask you to write on all four, but I thought just, to keep it, <laughs> just give a little bit of time so you're not overwhelmed. Not um, so I sort of break it, I break it down, and I thought, okay, well, let's do it in in terms because it's four terms of the of the school year sort of thing. So I break that down. I thought I'd do one chapter per term. Um, and when I sort of got down into it, the best way I could learn was to understand what those Sanskrit words meant. So mm-hmm. I would write out the word and then all the you know meanings that I could sort of find around that word, so that you know when I read somebody else's commentary, I'd be like, oh. Okay, well, I can understand how they got to there, or it, yeah. Um, so th- yeah, that was big for me. It was big to to go through that step by step and really understand because some of the stuff, you know, the comment, other commentaries that I'd read, I'm like, how how did they get that? You know, I don't right. get that out of it. Or there'd be a whole new realization, and I'm like, okay, I see how they got that, but I got this as well, which was really cool. Um, so right. yeah, a, a lot on that. <laughs> was there was there anything in particular? that stood out to you that when you were going through the process, you were, Oh, I, I hadn't thought of it that way. Anything in particular about the, mm. what you were reading, what you were studying that was just new or gave you a different perspective. Um, oh, off the top of my head, I can't sort of think of anything um, in particular. Um, it just, it just made more sense. Um, mm. Actually, there, actually there was one and it would, it ties into um what I was doing with um, David McGrath with his book, The Yogi's Way. Uh-huh. And at the end of his book, he wrote a little commentary, just a few of the few sutras. And it was right back at the beginning, sutra five and six, which is, um, you know, the pramana, vaparaya, vakalpa, nidra, smritaya, which are the the, the Britties, the fluctuations, um, mm. and, and the five of them. And he recommended that when you're in your meditation, and these fluctuations come up as they do to like label them into one of these categories and again that gives you this little bit of distance from these thought waves um, because you can be like ah okay well that's that's just the culpa that's just fantasizing that's just imagining you know so that's I can let that one go you know or um, okay, that's that's memory. I'm just I'm just daydreaming now. That's just a memory. It's smitty. So by by labeling one of these, um, you know, these gritties and stepping back from it, um, 
yeah, it, it, it put that distance in, which I found I found really helpful, and I still I still do. So that one just yeah. sticks out in my mind at the moment because I'm kind of currently. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so it, so it helped you by by sort of acknowledging, and this is what that vritti is. Yeah. It allowed you kind of pull back and and just be as the self observing that. Is is that what you're saying? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So you can, you can not get tangled up in it. You can be that witness of what's going on. And those, um, those vitties, like they can be, you know, afflicted or non-afflicted. So they could be helpful and they could be restrictive. So, and that, and that ties in with that study of the sutras that we're talking about. So by understanding that, um, I could bring that into my meditation and I would do that when I was writing the commentary as well if there's if something stuck out and I wasn't quite sure of it then you know I'd stick with it for a week and I'd bring it up at the end of my meditation and I'd contemplate it and yeah. um, and and I find I and I go back to that a lot now like a few years down the track there's there's always a you know, a verse um, or a sutra or a scripture for everything that comes up in life, for every sort of problem and obstacle that you have. And and y- you can, you've got that knowledge there. I think that's what the jnana, that's what the knowledge is. It's it's there and you can sort of see what's going on. You can be like, okay, well, what does the scripture say about that? And sure enough, it's always right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so you found that by going through that process, it made you mm-hmm. more uh, sort of just really more aware of what is in the texts. And so yeah. then you're able to, to apply it more just as you go through life in general. Yeah, that's right. And in, in everyday life, and I'll be, you know, driving along thinking of something and, and or you read something and you'll be like, Oh, of course. Thank you. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just out of curiosity, did you memorize the whole thing in Sanskrit? Um, I am doing that now, actually. I've okay. got, I've pretty much done chapter one. Yeah. <laughs> But it's um it's a it's a lot to yeah <laughs> it is yeah. it is but uh, I remember uh, Vyas Houston he, he talked about that one of the most sort of transformative parts of his own practice was sitting down and memorizing mm. the Sanskrit of mm. the Yoga Sutras from the beginning to the end so so that you could actually yeah. recite it from the beginning yeah. to the end. Yeah, um, yeah well, I thought I'd be able to do that, but then I started last year and realized it's actually a whole lot harder. <laughs> so I can come up to number 35 or something, but I'm driving to work and I like, you know, repeat it and you know, yeah. try and get it to memory do you, or, um, or do one a week or, yeah. <laughs> do you have uh, Vyas Houston's um, uh, recordings of? Yeah. of res- okay. Yeah. 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 I, I had that on a little, little cassette tape and I would, I would put it in my car when you had cassette tapes in your car and yeah. I would just listen to it. I think it's like an hour and a half. It just one mm. to the next to the next, which is mm. good because it helps train you and it helps kind of get you in the flow of uh, sort of how it's how it's spoken and, and, and the, yes. the quality yes. of it. Um, yeah. But I think I think like what you did, which is sort of studying it, looking at the word meanings. I think that makes it easier to memorize because. Yeah. Eventually, you know what's coming next. Meaning, you, you know what like the next future is probably about. About yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and you can start to pick up what those Sanskrit words are and you'd be like ah oh, so there's Vishaya in that one and that was in that one and how do they relate together and exactly um, you know, I probably I bring them into my you know yoga classes as well if there's something I'm particularly working on I might like quote a sutra and tell them what the meaning of it is and you know yeah 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 it's good yeah yeah right. good <laughs> well 
you know, for, for those for those uh, folks who who've taken the the Cree Yoga Apprenticeship Program and uh, have done the two years, and if I have not told you to start <laughs> contemplating and, and learning the the, the Sanskrit and uh, writing a, a commentary on it, as you see, that it's, it's a good practice to do. So so get on it. <laughs> yeah. All right, just yeah, good. Um, well, before we before we finish up today, um, I'm curious. Do you have any advice for people who are just beginning to practice Kriya Yoga and meditation? Maybe something that mm-hmm. that you had some difficulty with in the beginning that you, you 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 were able to overcome that you could share with our listeners. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Maybe. Um. I mean, you're probably you're stronger than you think you are. I think that's one of the, one of the points that that I that I learned, you know. And when it comes to you know to things like changing your diet or doing your exercise or sticking to your routines and that sort of thing, it's like, um, yeah, like rather than as you know when something comes into your mind that distracts you and pulls you away from it, you know, you've just got to have that little bit of discipline there and be like, it's temporary. It's just for this long. I just do the exercise or just don't eat that because it makes me feel yuck or, you know, and have that discipline there um, around it. And they, those those cravings and those things that try to pull you away, they pass, you know, mm-hmm. they just, yeah, they move on. So if you can sit with that little bit of difficulty, that's going to build your strength as well. And that's going to make you stronger and able to, you know, yeah, to, to sit longer and to do the things that you know are right, which is, you know, going to make your experiences, um, yeah, move along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Could be a piece of advice I would give, yeah. <laughs> good. Well, thank you. Um, so you're, you're located in New Zealand. And um, if anyone needed to contact you, because every now and then I do get request from people in, like I said, your, your, your area of the planet, which I kind of include Australia and New Zealand together. Hopefully that's all right. Are they close <laughs> enough that I can do that? Uh, it's cross the ditch. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's closer than to, to, to the United States. We'll, we'll say that. Um, we, have so, a, we have a free rivalry going on. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> right. That's why I was curious. Um, so if people needed to, to contact you or, or wanted to contact you, um, what, what's a good way for them to reach you? Yeah, sure. Um, so I have a, a an email, um, yoga with Danelle at outlook.com. Danelle is D-O-N-E-L-L-E. Um, yeah, more than happy to help if anybody's, you know, yeah, wants some okay. you know, one on. Yeah. 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 Danelle, uh, you know, she's, she's been in the program for since really the beginning and um, she's a Hatha yoga teacher. Um, she's led a few meditations for some of the online retreats that, that we've done the namely the the june northern solstice retreats which are which are done online um, if you go to uh, youtube.com slash creo online you go to the playlists there should be a playlist that gives a, a meditations guided meditations and somewhere in there there's a 40 minute meditation that, that danelle uh, led which is is really worth um utilizing um so this is danelle danelle mason uh, thank you for being here today danelle oh, thanks very much ryan <laughs> and i'm just going to stop there but i've got a question for you would you yeah. mind if i included uh, a piece of that um uh, song that you sent me Oh, yeah, sure, go ahead, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great recording. I listen to it a lot. So um, those of you who are, who are still listening, um, what, we're, what we'll try to end with is a recording of Danelle um, uh, singing and playing guitar. Uh, one of my one of my favorite chants. So that'll do it. Thank you. <laughs> All right.
This episode of the Kriya Yoga podcast was made possible by donations from Kriya Yoga apprenticeship students and supporters of our Patreon community at www.patreon.com forward slash Kriya Yoga.